Oh, hello, Jose. Welcome. The whole cast is out as soon as we start. Thanks for coming in the room. You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. It's going to be about tuna fish. Oh, I know a lot about tuna fish. Here we go. What a magical ride this seems to be. God, you want a little hit of it? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> um, helicopter. We're in Los Angeles. Helicopter. I, did, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but my, my, when I was in England... My family's reaction to a helicopter made me really wish I lived in England. Because they're like, oh, a magical thing in the sky. It was like Paul McCartney was walking oh, down the street. Oh, look at it. Oh, my Lord, it's in the sky. It's flying. It's Would you bird. look at that? Look at it. A helicopter in the sky. I was like, there are four of them above my residence every moment of every day. Oh, you guys should be militarized. Yeah, you guys, need, really... a mi- you guys, need, you guys need a domestic military. That's what you need. Um, hey, uh, this podcast is brought to you by our subscribers on Patreon. We want to thank each and every one of you uh, for subscribing. You guys are awesome. I'm going to kiss your face. <coughs> oh, sweet God. <coughs> Would you stop warming up and just start, Dave? Red leather, yellow leather, red. I mean, the leather, first one was not leather. good. Red leather, yellow leather. Oh, boy. This February 29th. Okay, the 90s. San Francisco Call newspaper, quote, A flying machine that will fly. A huge creation with mighty wings that will flap ponderously or sail majestically above the city roofs. (laughs) The dream of the end of the century. And a San Franciscan has solved the problem, he thinks. And what is more to the purpose... He has found numerous local capitalists who think likewise. Okay, so plane time. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know why you got to jump to plane. What are we talking about? It just said a. It said a machine with wings that will flap. What are we talking about? A bird? A bird? A f- well, do planes flap? I, I mean, I've seen footage of her. The early ones are pretty interesting. There's certainly some swing for the fences concepts. Well, we need a 35 wings. Yeah, all right. Captain Charles Abbott Smith, an MD, uh, it said, it stated, had uh, applied for a patent on an airship that, quote, will work. Is that what makes his product different from every other option? No, no, no. I've got a patent on shitty ones. Uh, this won't interfere with you, sir. Sir, this one will work. Oh, then by, by all means. Now, if anyone wants to buy a shitbird, I'm right over here. I've already put in a patent for a shitbird. Who's <laughs> that guy? Who, uh, who, what is his name? Charles. Char- uh, Captain Charles Abbott Smith. Charles Abbott Smith. Okay. Dr. Captain Charles. Dr. Captain Charles I mean, Abbott Smith, he's an MD. MD. Right. So Doctor- it should be Dr. Captain, right? Dr. Captain. On an uh, all-new Dr. Captain. Smith was described as a merchant, physician, a miner, mechanic, and inventor. And liar. <laughs> and everything. And his address was printed in the paper in case you wanted to stop by. Interesting. Every single person in... I took him out after a while, but every single human being in this story, in every single news article, had his address printed after he... What is... I don't know what was happening back then, but if you were a serial killer... Yeah. Who liked to go into the people's houses. And yeah. Go, this was the time to live. Yeah. Or you were probably over it. You were like, it's too easy. It's <laughs> what oh, a challenge. I'm going to kidnap a baby. Smith had produced 15 patents over the years. He invented a type of old-fashioned boot jack. Sure. Uh, and the, uh, the user would stick his boot through a hole in a bit of wood uh, or board and then turn it so both the heel and toe were grasped by the jack. Then the boot would come off. Oh, okay. Boot Jack. I kind of get that. It's like Shoehorn's enemy. 
I'm a little bit shoehorns enemy. Yeah. Uh, I like that thing. Oh, you do? Yeah, I like the sound of that I'm one. I'm sure you can still get a bootjack. Hey, sure hey, farmers you, use them and, and, uh, and uh, cowboys. Well, I'll, let me say one thing. I got to go boot shopping, then hook me up with your bootjack guy you keep talking about. We're going to need a lot of bootjacks when the, when the Trump boys come marching in. Oh, get ready. They'll be everywhere. He also claimed to have invented the button hook. Sure, 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 sure. That would help a woman fasten her shoes. Obviously, without, by I assume without touching them or whatever. Oh, oh, jeez! So, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, love, I'm in love with this guy. He said he sold the patent. I'm fishing for my laces. <laughs> he said he sold the patent to a cobbler for a hundred dollars. Okay. There was also the improved fingerboard for harvesters, which made him a eleven thousand dollars profit during the first year. Okay. No idea what it, I tried to look it up. No idea. No idea what a fingerboard some, is. Now some farmers gonna be like, oh, fingerboard. I like your podcast, but how do you not know what a fingerboard is, stupid? Good God, you're stupid, city boy. And he patented a ditch-digging, pipe-making, pipe-laying machine that was being used in Los Angeles County. Okay. Given all... So he laid the pipe. He laid the pipe. Given all that amazing success, he had now turned his attention toward flying machines. (laughs) Quote, I began studying aerial navigation about three years ago and have been at work on my machine ever since. Now that my plans are complete, a ship is to be built, and it will work. I am certain of that, and my experience qualifies me to judge. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I would argue Mm -hmm. you can't judge your own uh, merits on this topic. My Uh, experience allows me to judge that my thing is terrific. But ha- you haven't made it yet is sort of, I guess, the issue we're Making raising. Making a judgment, that judgment is, I am awesome and my things are wonderful. Right. Okay, I think we're going to buy the Irish guy's not working one. No, no. Have you seen my patent? <laughs> yeah. Read this. Uh, uh, for, will work. Will work. Right. Yep. No, it's right there. I have a mustache. Uh, good luck to you, sir. <laughs> Atlantic and Pacific Aerial Navigation Company was to be incorporated with a capital stock of fifty dollars to $100,000. The company promised to establish and maintain an extensive system of aerial transportation for both freight and passengers. Okay. That sounds all right. That sounds great. Smith's flying ship was described, quote, two sheets of metal tubes, one within the other, the space between sealed and filled with gas. <laughs> <laughs> See, gas great. is the second thing, huh? Yep. You got to go... Yeah, a lot of gas. A lot of gas. Sure. The machine two looks, wings and a bunch of gas. The machine looks like a huge cylinder, cut at one end with a cone point at the other. Huge wings are at the top, and arranged with chains and pulleys so they may be raised, lowered, and flapped. Oh my god! I mean, I, I, like you get nervous when you look out at a plane wing now, but imagine if you saw some chain and a guy, pulling yeah, it. and a guy, guys pulling it. That means a guy has to keep pulling it. Take that pin, boys. Unless. I mean, I guess the engine, but the engine on a ship like this. My guess is what you're saying. It, an engine. At, at, maybe at some point you get them off the plane, but they have to probably be. No, guys no. probably had to go up with it at first. Here it says that it, it's driven by an electric motor, a gasoline engine, but that's too heavy for a gas, a big old electric engine to, to, to drive flapping wings. It doesn't work. It's not. I'm so far. I'm and when, when you say idea. flapping, you mean flat, they're flat. flapping. They flat like a bird, like a bird would flap. So they, I mean, it is adorable I, for I sure. Think this should be called a flap ship. Yeah, flap ship. And there will be rudders to steer it, in case you're wondering how it would turn. Okay. It would be 100 feet long and 30 feet high. The ship would carry up to 20 men. It was also going to be made of... Does, s- now, when it says 20 men, does that mean 20... Screaming? ...of men, mankind, or that means no women? No, oh, no, I think there could be – I think women would be allowed on there okay. for sexual purposes. Okay. I, I, I retract my question just to be totally clear because your answer is o- devastating. It was, also, <laughs> it was also going to be uh, made of silver gray aluminum. So, so far, I mean there's a lot of – right? There's a lot of commonalities with how our does, planes. Yeah, but how does aluminum hold the – a giant. And the thing about planes is they're moving forward. They're catching. They're going up. Right. The, this is a flappy thing, and I can't. The, what the flappy fla- thing fla- is held an engine. Flappy's a pro- uh, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you try. We lost play. the engine from flapping. Look, I can't tell how many experiments I have. 
tried oh, you tried to put an engine on a blue jay you're always tinkering it never fucking works yeah you're always tinkering always putting always putting engines on birds always See in the lab how always it, well like go. you said i mean you like you said the other night you've probably killed over a million birds maybe a million birds yeah putting engines on. yeah by trying to throw your engine god damn it i'm going to make flight you real. will figure out a way to I'm make, make Dave, you will figure out a way to make a bird fly and i will end and chemtrails yeah thank you get them up there to suck up the chem <clears throat> now, Smith wasn't the only guy working on uh, flying machines at the time. Interesting. The Sacramento Daily Union on July 19th, 1896 reported, quote, there is a boom in flying machines. It is felt. And not- <laughs> By the way, the way they're making them, there's going to be a lot of booms in the flying <laughs> Lots machines. Lots of booms or just smashes. Yeah. It is felt, not without good reason, that the practical airship is literally almost on the point of being launched. The that, there are so many qualifiers in that. Oh, it's the whole thing. Is, almost it, ready to be almost done to do it, maybe. This should be, this should, the first sentence should have, should have been, here's some horse shit coming yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> the creation of it will mark a new era in the development of civilization. Hence, the excitement is not without reason. Everyone was interested in building a flying machine. Doesn't that, that's just always a trend. Yeah. Something happens, and then everybody's like, Everyone let's do it. on board. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody all of a sudden thinks they're a doctor captain. Bills were often introduced in Congress to give money to those trying to build one. Senator Puffer put forth a bill for 15000 to build an airship on the mechanical principle of fish. Wait a minute. Hmm? Puffer was for fish? That, that is why I put this in the story. Puffer fish? Puffer fish. Boy, how deep does this go? <laughs> uh, according to this uh, idea, the, fi- the fish was considered a more appropriate animal to base a flying machine on than a bird. So, okay. So, in a world of idiots, a man has stepped forward to gain the sash, crown, and flowers. Here he is, what? the dumbest of them all. Let me give you guys an idea, and I've been thinking about this for a couple of years now. Uh, Puffer has the floor. Go ahead, Puffer. I've been thinking about this for a couple of ideas, and I think it all worked out. But here's what I'm thinking. Sure. Trout! Put them in the sky! Like, build a big trout, and like a trout goes through a river? Right. Throw it up in the air with people in it! I'll take you to Sacramento! All right, um... Puffer's time's up. Um, I need like 15000 Yeah, no, uh, sorry. I should have addressed this right away. Nobody's giving you money for your fish plane. You ever seen a trout? Yeah. Right through a river. Stop. Stop pitching. I'll be honest. Um, you tell me why you can't do that in the sky. Because uh, it's just a crazy thing to base it off of. We'll go with birds. They fly. You know what I mean? Jesus, you shit all stupid. Okay. All right. All right, Puffer. This has been horrible. As usual, I think we maybe say no more puffer pitches. Inventor D.H. Carl patented a huge umbrella that had a kind of wing attached to the handle. Well, finally, someone stepping forward. The pilot would tilt the wing Uh depending upon the direction he wanted to travel. Yes, the Mary Poppins theorem. I, that one, I would love to see that one in action. I would pay money. I will pay money to someone who, who does this. Today. Today I will pay money. Grand amounts of money. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. The fact that hot air balloons is still a thing is so insane. I know someone who crashed in a hot air balloon. It, it, it's, it's the craziest thing the ever. The slowest, most terrifying I mean, the, crash The idea all. that for any reason you're still like... All right, well, let's go up with a balloon that's full of hot gas near fire. And what are we standing in? Uh, wicker. Yeah, uh, fire, fire tendencyed wicker. Ryan Hamilton, a comedian, uh, has a 20-minute bit of a, a hot air balloon trip. And I highly recommend everybody try to find it because okay. it's so fucking funny. Right, okay. <sighs> he crashed. Uh, yeah. Wow. There was a cigar-shaped balloon patent. It would be propelled by six oarsmen with winged oars. Dave, Dave, what? what? Dave, Dave. Why do you hate flight? The only reason that oars should be in that is because a better option is next. No, I don't think there's anything better than row. Uh, the idea. Row. I mean, just look up in the sky. What is it? Row. They're rowing. Row. <laughs> yeah. Is that Gulliver? <laughs> rowing in the sky. Boy, it must have been a really. Fun. I mean, uh, just a fun time to hear what people were thinking. I, mean, I think we'll row, 
Everyone, get on my umbrella plane. <laughs> and there was an inventor named Thayer who came up with an airship held aloft by a bunch of kites. <laughs> we have a winner. I've been to the future and I've seen cartoons. Kites. The airship. What if there's no wind? Well, you simply um. Uh, that's when you'll um. Uh, fuck. The um oh, um. Fuck. Uh, Why do you ruin everything? No, no, no. Hold on. We've got this. The, no, the, we uh, don't. No, we do too. Shush, shush, shush. Keep pitching. Now, if there were not to be wind, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm also leaving. I am heartbroken. We're both leaving. The airship would tow a vehicle. So kites. Holding aloft an airship that's towing a vehicle that's on the ground, or sorry, or, sorry, or sorry, or when it's in water, it's a boat. If it's on land, it's a cart. Over ice, it's a sledge. Did Alfred make this one? So that's how people get around. They're not they're not on the ship being held aloft by the kites. They're they're being towed on the ground. Well, we've already invented ground transportation. So they're being towed. By the by kites, I by get the it. Airship, yeah, no, they're like kite surfing, like a boat, and then it it moves. Yeah, uh, terrible, right? Right now, boats, as far as far as I've been told, are very stationary. No, yes, no. The, oh the, fuck, I'm thinking of piers. No, no, no. The the problem with the boats is that they've never moved. I was thinking of piers and bridges. I'm so guy, sorry. I'm so I've sorry. invented a worse mode of transportation to the one we already have. Who wants to ram into a cliff? <laughs> Who doesn't miss forty years ago? Marius Michael patented harnessing a flock of pigeons to wow. a triangular frame from which a passenger car would be hung. The Flintstones theorem. I believe that is correct. Uh, I'm going to stop declaring winners. <laughs> it seems like we're getting, we're getting closer and closer. For a long time. So the idea was that you would basically, I mean, like... Harness the power of pigeon. Like, it's crazy. You know, you're at you, that... You laugh at it, but it's, uh, it well, sounds Dave, very I laugh at environmentally it. sound. Well, I will say this. So are rowers. What if we learned fair? What if we learned a long time ago that pigeon power could transport us? We would be saving the environment. Look. I, I mean, it would take a long time look, to get somewhere. Look, I've said for a long time that I think pigeons are our solution to coal. Okay. Well, I've been saying owls. Yes. Your, yours is obviously crazier. Okay, I mean, which is hard to do when we're talking about bird jets. Fair, yeah. I'm getting on my umbrella and I'm leaving. All right, I'll be on my kite car. <laughs> for a long time, the United States Patent, o- Patent Office just granted patents for flying machines without even contemplating whether or not it was practical. But then, over time, they stopped doing that, and the by the truly way, truly absurd began to be denied. It does not. It, it's not their job to tell you you're crazy. It's to tell them if you're infringing on another person's shit. I feel like there should be a you're crazy office in the patent office, and that person should have to tell you no. <laughs> well, we're, listen, and I want that job. Uh, I, I think we both agree that who uh, we should be seeing some of these, like whatever they are. The pitches. A couple months after their first story, the San Francisco Call wrote, wrote again, quote, Dr. Charles Smith is more enthusiastic than ever before over his flying machine since he received a telegram Wednesday from Washington, D.C., informing him that a patent had been granted on his device for sailing through the air. A company was incorporated. Even sailing through the air is just not a good way to be no, looking at this. I think it's sailing. A company was incorporated in this city last Saturday for the purpose of building Smith's airship, navigating air vessels, and carrying on a general business in them. Uh, uh-huh. I.J. Truman, president of the Columbian Bank, and George T. Gaydon are among the stockholders and directors. The attorney for the company is M.M. Esty. These were well-known men, and their inclusion meant the airships are feasible. Sure. So they sort of validate this process by just even being near it. Just because they're there, it means that it's happening. Because rich people are investing. If rich people are putting money into something, it that means, means it's, it's real. Right, right, true. Dr. Smith, Colonel, said his flying machine, Captain, sorry. Dr. Pilot Captain Colonel Smith. Right. Said Lawyer. His, said his flying machine could imitate a bird rising and falling. And that it could be driven directly into a storm. 
What? Okay, so it, let's say okay, you live in hypothetical land, and you're oh. pitching people a lot of hypotheticals. We're not. Well, how? Where does the storm thing come? Well, from? Other other flying ships have to go around the storm. He's saying we're going through it. Uh, why does his get to go through it? It's important. I've never seen birds fly through a storm. Really? Yeah. Really. Really? Yeah. Really. You should get on my owl plane. Excuse me. Just, within just months, it was expected people would see the airships flying above, and in November. People did see things in the air. San Francisco call. Oh, yeah. Sacramento, November 17th, 1896. Quote, A vast amount of excitement was created among residents in the outskirts of the city tonight by the appearance of what they claimed to have been an airship, which, seemingly under perfect control, passed over the city, going towards the direction of San Francisco. Don't get don't you now, Mr. Cocky. uh, No, you're Mr. Cocky. Actually, you're Dr. Captain Cocky. There were clouds in the sky that night, so it was difficult to see the shape and size of the ship. Interesting. But people followed the lights on the ships. The lights were visible for 30 minutes as the ship passed. Okay. One witness, quote, when my attention was called to the traveling light, it was about a thousand feet high. But as it approached the city limits, it arose to probably an elevation of 2,000 feet. Who's this person who knows nothing about what 1,000 to 2,000 feet is? a witness who can look up in the sky. It was about 1,000, and then it went to roughly 2,000. Maybe he's a science man. Yes, I am, yes. Maybe he has a depth eyeball. Yes, and a long yardstick. A crowd of workers from the streetcar company came out to look. They said they heard people's voices singing in a chorus. Oh, well, Dave. And that the song slowly died away in the distance. Well, say no more. It sounds more real. Say no more. Does it not sound more real every moment? Now I know what we're dealing with. Boom. An air choir. Okay. G say... Sorry. Hmm? G C. G say... G C. Snyder. Foreman. Of the company, the streetcar company. <laughs> uh-huh. Quote, of course I know that an aerial vessel of some description passed over this building at about 6.30 o'clock sure. last so, night. Sorry, first of all, if you're saying 6.30 o'clock, you shouldn't be a spokesman. Really? Because it's 1896. That's how we say things back then. 6.30 o'clock? That's how we do things. That's 6.30 stupid. o'clock. I got notes. 1896. I saw the machine. It was at too great an elevation for me to clearly discern its form, but I distinctly saw the searchlight, which was going directly into the wind. Okay. Other men said when the airship passed over them, they could hear voices arguing over whether or not they should rise higher. How Now, okay. Go ahead. There, there's no way. Uh, okay, it, it can't be a thousand feet and you're hearing arguments. It could be. But how loud are the oarsmen? We don't know. Uh, the oarsmen? <laughs> I mean, how how loud are they? Uh, I don't know. You can hear singing. Maybe they're, maybe they're looking down while they're arguing. It just, it's not. It's so, uh, Dave, believe it or not, I'm skeptical. You're very skeptical. Very skeptical. Okay. Yeah. Um... An employee of the Postal Telegraph Service saw the flying machine around 9 p.m. in Suisun, which is between San Francisco and Sacramento. Or Suisun? Suisun? Suisun. The San Francisco call went in search of others who had seen the airship. It was reported on November 19, 1896, that an old hunter named Brown, living just west of Mount Tamalpais, had spoken to a reporter. Mount Tamalpais, that's where I grew up. Oh. North, just north of San Francisco. Oh, shout out. Shout out to my homies. Shout What's up, Fairfax? All right, Quote, relax. Do I look like a crazy man? Yes. I don't expect anybody to believe me. To tell the truth, I can hardly believe myself. It's an honest fact that yesterday morning when the fog began to lift, I saw an airship right up there a couple of hundred feet over them hundred. pines. No, I can't tell you much what she looked like. She didn't show very plainly through the mist, but I saw a large dark shape with something moving in it. Don't know whether I saw any people or not. It came on me so sudden I was almost stunned. And by the time I collected my senses, she was out of sight. I had been kind of dazed ever since. And to have you tell me that I don't look crazy is a great relief. But I know that what I saw was an airship. Okay, we asked if you were married. Um, so I, I guess we'll take notes on what just happened a little bit stronger. Um, 
In Sacramento, a Colonel H.G. Shaw of Stockton reported that he was driving his buggy when he came across the spaceship. <laughs> oh, the spaceship. Grounded. Grounded. He said it was 100 feet in length, 25 feet in diameter, diameter, with a smooth metallic surface, and came to a sharp point on both ends. Okay. He said three strange beings, who oh. were seven feet tall and very thin, approached him while making what he called a warbling noise. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what a warbling noise is? Uh, warbling? Yeah, can you warble? Yeah, my guess warble? is, I, my, I would is say... A warble is a little bit like. Like if, he, if they land and they don't know that we don't speak their language and they're giving the grand speech. Yeah, we don't allow black people around here. <laughs> it is eighteen ninety six. I think I did. I think I did that very appropriately. I think your reaction was well. I do think in eighteen ninety six, if a Martian spaceship landed, probably one of the first two things they'd say is like, "We don't like black people." <laughs> also, horses are amazing. Our two headlines. Uh, okay. So this man so, stumbles upon the flying machine, and it's so they come out big, seven feet tall, big fin, seven feet guys, and then they um, they warble, and they warble they, at him, and they look at his horse and his buggy. Sure, they're probably like, "What a futuristic device!" And then they tried to force him on the airship. Right? Yeah, of course. Well, next step. I mean, they probably warbled at him, but he resisted. Interesting. So he didn't want to get on the warbling ship, and they, they couldn't get him on. Amazing that they've been able to sort of conquer space and time, and yet they can't get a shithead on a ship. Yeah, but he's low, he's got a low gravity center. Oh, he's heavier. Well, he's, he's more. He's got trunk. Yeah, he's more trunk. Got it. compared to them, right? Okay, yeah, for sure. No, you can't. There's no way they have that technology. Then they rush. I mean, when you come back, um, he says no. <laughs> I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> then they uh, rushed back onto their ship and they flew off. Pussies. And uh, Shaw believed they were from Mars. Yeah. Well, listen, who doesn't like a good assumption? Take a, take a stab at it. Sure. Two days later, San Francisco attorney George Collins claimed that the airship was real. We're suing the Warblers! And that one of his clients had invented it. Uh, what? what? I mean, what now are we, we in a murder attorney. mystery? Now we have an attorney stepping forth. <sighs> he said soon it would be flown in the daylight so that everyone on San Francisco could see it. So some, So one person is saying that it's full of Warblers... And then someone else is saying that it's invented by his client. Yeah, this is an a non-warbler. This is an attorney. This is a, a right. legit attorney saying sure. that a guy's invented it and he's his client. And soon he's going to fly it over the city for everyone to see. So the warblers are just sort of a warblers are point of contradiction. Okay. Collins, quote, attorney Collins. The inventor is a very wealthy man who has been studying the subject of flying machines for 15 years and who came here seven years ago from the state of Maine in order to be able to perfect his ideas away from the eyes of other inventors. Yes. Which is very normal. Yeah, Inventors no, that... are always in that overpopulated inventor state of Maine, yeah. the hotbed of invention, Maine. Well, we, I mean, you know, Apple almost started in Maine. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's where they built lobsters. Yeah, that, and that is actually what ended up happening. Collins said his client had not yet secured a patent... Though his application was now in Washington, and so he's waiting to reveal himself. And to this, cl this client who's invented the flying, flying machine. machine. He's going to reveal himself when he actually gets the patent. Not until then. No, no, no. This is exciting. Colin said he had seen the flying machine. Okay. Quote, The inventor climbed into the machine, and I saw it ascend from the earth very gently. The wings flapped slowly as it rose, and then a little faster, and it began to move against the wind. The machine... What? That's a bird! <laughs> Hold on, I saw a bird! Nope. And then all of a sudden, it pooped white. <laughs> and it landed on my friend, and he said it was good... No, it was a bird. That this again bird. was a bird. The machine was under perfect control all the time. The machine had been flown to San Francisco and landed, and it was still there, guarded by three men. Also, the inventor became seasick on the flight. <laughs> 
or airsick. Yeah, they just I mean, know what to call it. Well, I think it's pretty easy to call it. Something I think that's I think not for seasick. years, I think for years they're probably flying, flying around going, "I feel seasick." Yes, I wish we had another word for this. I'm also airsick on the boat, which is strange. On November 22nd in San Jose, Frank Everett, a young man, said he saw the airship, as did a few other people. As soon as a local professor heard about it, just after 7 p.m., he got out his telescope and quickly identified the airship as an ordinary, everyday star. Dave. What? What? How? Hmm? How? A s- how can a... S- how- Honestly, how? How did how did they how are they confusing a star with something that was two hundred feet over the pines? It was a different time. The whole time it was just a star? Well no, that one was. Right. The one in San Jose that they were watching. So what was that that's different than the other one? Yeah, the other ones are something else. What are they? We don't know. Gee, the oh, god damn it. And the girl <laughs> Oh, wait. Four days after the first sighting, it was reported that someone had seen the ship six weeks previously. Oh, well, it was a star. No, this is... This over, is this different. Is over San Francisco or Oakland. A young woman was riding her bike in Oakland when she saw a strange-looking object in the sky with a powerful headlight. An air train! Thank you. Yeah. And the girl wasn't alone. W.J. Rada and his wife, who lived in a grocery store so, at well, 2042 uh, Broadway. Let's, let's strike them from the dollar. You don't get to live in a grocery store and have a valid opinion. That They didn't have anywhere else. They had their grocery store, and so they lived there. It was their grocery store? Well, it must have been. All right, I'm going to go lay down in the melons. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you soon. I'll be over. I'm going to go play cards in the grains. Can we get bad? Yeah, of course we can get a bed of lettuce. It's right over there. Now lay down. I to live in a store. I woke up with syrup in Now my you hair. listen to me, you little shit. You stop it, okay? Your mother and I are doing everything that we can. Now, if you don't like playing G.I. Joe's with your tomatoes, that's on you. I made a boom boom in this cereal. Well, that is where the toilet is. <laughs> You're okay. Why don't we have no customers? I, that is the thing that's puzzling us. If we had customers, we could get a house. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go piss on the grapes. Quote, when we first saw it, we thought it was a balloon. And if it were not for the bright light, I should still be inclined to think it was a peculiarly shaped balloon. <laughs> but I never This knew. guy has a monocle. For sure. But I never knew of a balloon to carry bright lights and travel at nighttime the way it did. <laughs> balloon guy. There is no night balloon where I'm from, sir. I'm suggesting someone's created a night balloon. You answer me this, Mr. Smart Pants. How would you put a light in a balloon? Foil? Wrong! It's a flying machine. <laughs> Balloon guy's great. <laughs> well, I'd like to take a minute to talk about balloons. I'm writing a song called Night Balloon. It, it's, it goes like this. Night Balloon. Not- Do you know any producers? <laughs> Passengers in a streetcar also saw it when a little boy stood in the road and yelled, Gee whiz, what's that? Oh, God. <laughs> So he was on a movie lot? Gee whiz, mister, what's that? Everyone then looked toward the sky. The streetcar engineer said, quote, I was mystified. I didn't like to admit to myself that I had suddenly gone crazy. But really, for a moment, I did wonder if my senses had deserted me. This is, it is weird. Yeah, it is weird. So, I mean, for them, whatever they're seeing. Yeah. And if it is something they're seeing, it does make sense for you to be like, I can't process that. Right. Still, the balloon guy needs to get taken out. The Chicago Tribune reported on... You mean the Chicago Tribune? That, no. That's my paper. It's not about... The headline this week, balloons. Please stop talking about balloons. Absolutely. After this last point about balloons. The Chicago Tribune... Tribune? ...reported on November 23rd that nothing was found at the patent office regarding an application... For a patent 
of the flying machine that was said to have been seen in Sacramento, California. So who's this lawyer? And Chicago investors did not believe the reports. Sorry, inventors. Chicago resident Octavia Chanute had been working on solving the flight problem for a very long time. He said the whole idea was absurd. Quote, air locomotion is not merely getting a vessel to rise in the air. I do not believe this Western inventor, whoever he is, has mastered any single one of these problems. That guy's angry. Yeah, I like him. Well, he's been surrounded by people who are talking about kite machines. It doesn't work. And he knows what he's talking about. William Buzdorf, who also invented the Albatross flying machine, which had crashed two months previously, also did not believe in the reports. Wait, wait. Yes, he... The Albatross flying machine? That's correct. He, he, that's just correct. He invented a flying machine, and he did indeed call it the Albatross. <laughs> I was going to call it the most fucked flying machine, but then I thought of that bird. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Shit Airlines. Uh, I'll be your pilot. Uh, now, remember, everybody, uh, we do not plan on landing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, technically, it's not going to be landing. We were originally going to call this, hey, we're going down, airlines. People didn't like that. They did not like and it. And remember so. the promise on Albatross Airlines. There are none. We're hanging around your neck because we're all going to die. Albatross right. Airlines. Albatross Air. The <clears throat> shittiest name in the sky. On the same day, San Francisco Papers reported that the airship was invented by E.H. Benjamin, a wealthy eastern man. Okay. Collins would not confirm if Benjamin was the inventor. Ah, that's a sign. And that he had to keep secrecy until word came from the patent office. Okay. Collins, quote, The inventor is making, big, is making trips every night and has been doing so for over two weeks. And any night the people look into the sky, they're likely to see him. And another six days, it is his intention to give the people of San Francisco a chance to see his machine. He will fly it right over the city Cross Market Street a dozen times. Okay, reveal yourself. That's also very bad secrecy. He True. was just saying he would not give any secrets away, and now he's... I'm not going to tell you anything other than his flight plan. <laughs> it's just kind of how I roll. You'll have to figure the rest out. Here's where he'll be and when. Good luck to everybody. A General W.H.H. H. Hart then came to meet with Collins. Okay. General Hart said he had seen the... M- flying machine in the air. Okay. Hart himself may be been uh, Hart himself may have been less real than the airship. He also claimed to have been kidnapped by Black Hawk Indians at the age of 4 after arriving from England. <laughs> okay. When he was 11, he said he was orphaned. Okay. You see the problem there? But I do well, I mean <laughs> unless they were just sick of him. <laughs> Drop him off. This I've been orphaned worst. by the Black uh, the Blackhawks uh, took me, and then were so sick of me, here I am. I am now without parents, which I have been for quite some time. So, anyway, Black, go Blackhawks. Go Blackhawks! Chicago! Chicago! This led to a desire for danger, and he said he joined the Secret Service at the age of 14, uh-huh. which is when they take... He also yeah, no, that's the right time. He also fought in the Civil War. Mr. President! Hmm. Um, I am about to. I'm worried about um a sniper and, and the changes that are happening to my genitals. Body. There's um my voice crackles and sometimes it's weird. And I don't want to bring this to the desk of the president, but uh, let me say that um something weird happened when I was sleeping. Well, um, I went to bed no- normal and dry, and uh, I very wet. After I had a dream about a lady, I woke up really, really um wet and um not your wife wet and gooey. Oh, oh, president. And my skin hurts. Hart also fought the Civil War. On November 4th, 1890, Hart had been elected as California Attorney General, where he served until 1895. Now, that part's true. Wait, what? what is that? He was, ele- he was elected to be the California Attorney General. At uh, when? In 1890, so, so like how- six years ago. <laughs> Wait, no, not six years. Oh, so how Back old then. is he? I don't know how old he is. I didn't actually look that part up. Okay. Uh, but well, that's he's a good call. Though. For a while, he's been around for a while. He's not okay. young. Uh, so he just stopped being Attorney General of California. Now he's like, "Hello, I'd like to talk to you about airships." Yeah, um, that's fine though. There's nothing weird. Nope. Then the airship returned. Ah, 
On November 24th, it was seen in Berkeley. A large crowd gathered watching it, and then it vanished again. It was also seen that night by many people in Chico, California, way up in the northeast of the state. It was moving quickly. 50 miles away in Red Bluff, 50 people saw the airship and then watched it disappear over the mountains. Is there just, like, acid in the water? The next day, it was reported that H.H. Hart was now in charge of the airship and Collins was out. Okay. So the general, ex-attorney general... Is now in charge... Of the airship, but we he's still, the, but we still attorney. don't know. We still don't know who did it. Yeah, we do not. It's a real who done it. Apparently, the inventor thought Collins had talked too much and not intelligently. Okay, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, well, he did sort of let it rip. Give away all the plans. <laughs> I can't say anything. General Hart then announced that the airship would be used militarily in Cuba and indicated that Havana would be attacked first. So he's like, no, my predecessor was terrible uh, at keeping. Things a secret, like the idea that we'll be using them to bomb Cuba. My God, I said that. Whoops. Pretty much. Okay. I'd also like to thank my wife for being here and her sister, who I'm sleeping with. Whoopsie, hey. poopsie. I should oh, stop. Oh, Mr. Mouth. Trying. And uh, I'd also like to thank my tailor, uh, whose hand I enjoy when it goes to my inseam. And again, I am saying too much. I'm not trying... To over-reveal anything other than the fact that I have a hairy back. Get the microphone away from me. I'm done talking. Please, everyone, I tried to suck my own dick. Good night, everybody. We haven't invented microphones yet. Oh, thank God. Well, then I have... You're just uh, talking to us. Oh, thank God. In a room. Uh, Then get you guys out of my face. Um, I will say, uh, sometimes I do um, like to be watched when fornicating. I gotta go. Mr. Hart would not give the name of the inventor, its location, or how it flew. Then the San Francisco Call reported that the inventor was actually a man named D. Catlin. I knew it was going to be D. Catlin. Who was assisted by Dr. E.H. Benjamin and George Applegate. Okay. Some people believe Catlin was actually Smith. Interesting. Dr. Smith, Smith was then questioned by a reporter in his office... In the Sprockets building. In the... Sprockets building. Which is the... That's where he worked in the Sprockets building. So he works in the... Sprockets. Okay. Uh, Dr. Smith said he had not seen the airship. Quote, But I have no reason to doubt that it is an airship. The people in this city and other cities have been in the heavens... I've seen in the heavens for the past few nights. I have been experimenting on air machines for the past 48 years and have invented no less than 30 useful machines. Okay, it's, uh, you guys are really being weird. I have had a model running through the air. I expect to have machinery ready for business in the beginning of next April to make a trip across the continent. I do not know who the inventor of the airship that people say they see flying through the atmosphere, but when it is placed before the public, it will, I think... Be seen that it is identical to the one I have described. What? What is that? Honestly. Anyway, is, I'm terrible at t- talking. What is he even saying? I'm He's, saying it's not me, but if it was me, there would be one. I have made <laughs> one, but not one I've been in. But I don't believe that another gentleman has. But if he did, it would be like the one that I've made. Hello? Uh, yes. Uh, what I'm saying is, Be- I am not the man in the flying machine, right. though I have made like 80, and I would like to take them out on trips, but the but one the, seems sir, not sir, mine. Sir, these, so, in other words, these are not yours. And if I wasn't it, I would not well, be nobody's wearing saying you're in it. this hat and this mustache. Were, what are you, sir, is it your machine? No, I okay. no, right, so no, 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 sir. I said this. What, it, what the answer is? No, it's not your machine. Did I not say no? You, well, you've said a lot of things. The machine is it- seen in the skies above San Francisco yes. is not my machine. Right. Okay. I have made over eighty flying machines. That's where that it's getting I strange again. Not to fly except at night, but not that's when they these were seen. nights or over this city and other places. Leaving here, going there in a flying machine. But not ready for people, others. That one's not mine. Oh, my God. I miss the balloon man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was weird. Why? Uh, it was then Los Angeles' turn to see the airship on November 26th, the Los Angeles Herald. Quote, 
The now thoroughly famous airship has apparently passed over the Tachby Range and was seen in Southern California last night by three persons of excellent reputation. <laughs> Non-liars! One of these is George Smith, the book dealer on 2nd and Main Street. Hey, want to buy a book? Who insists that he saw the airship and its lights while on a Pasadena streetcar last night. Uh. Walter F. Parker, secretary of Mayor Raider, insists that he saw the airship while stargazing. I was doing my usual stargazing. Looking up into the sky, thinking about mayoral, mayoral things. You know, That's having a look up there. Yeah. And then suddenly, in my field of vision, oh. I saw a flying owl What ship. is this? <laughs> what is being held in the sky by owls? Matilda, come quickly. Something's interrupted by stargazing. And Robert Kern, the well-known innkeeper, also adds his testimonial to the general credence of the reports made. None of these gentlemen... Ever gaze on the wine when it's red, hence their story does not need an affidavit. They never gaze on the wine when it's red. I mean, that is a turn of phrase that no one needs to use. I'll tell you what. I love gazing on some red. Mm. Goddamn, I'll just Mm. stare at that shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Hey, wine, how you doing, girl? Uh. A remarkable feature of all the stories is that the (laughs) lights... I know. (laughs) The lights were all seen at the same time, and each individual describes exactly what the others saw. Triple lights dancing in a zigzag way and moving on parallel lines from northwest to southeast. Sweet bastard. Is this just is it just going to be lights? <laughs> is it just gonna be like when they have spotlights outside of a premiere? Well they don't have spotlights back then. Well, but they don't have flying machines back then. How do you know? <laughs> okay, that's what on December third, Professor Samuel Langley, secretary of the Smithsonian Institute who is said to be the one recognized authority on aerial navigation, Okay, said the story was a fake. I'm going to need more closure than that, please. Though he had only read newspaper reports, he was convinced there was nothing to the story. Quote, Professor Langley undoubtedly knows about the difficulties of aerial flight. His own working model, called the Aerodrome, made a continuous flight of one mile last September with strong promise of better things. Professor Langley has worked at his problem for years and spent a great deal of money in his experiments, his own money, just as freely as he has used that of the Smithsonian Institute or his wealthy scientific friends. He was clearly a great mind, right? And Uh the authority on aerial navigation. Quote, I spent many hours experimenting upon little toys based on a French flying toy by twisting strands of rubber, which... In untwisting, turned a little propeller wheel made uh, of a couple of feathers. I tried the same thing again and again on a larger scale, my object being to secure horizontal flight in free air, but I did not find out a great deal. The rubber models flew so irregularly and for so so short a time that I could not learn much from them. The idea that he's taking forty-five second flights with rubber band propellers. I am the. I am the the Smithsonian seen as the expert on aerial flight, and and I and putting rubber bands on feathers. And the uh, like. Also, the idea that if a rubber band like unwinds at a different rate, like if you have two, you could. I mean, it's like nailing a foot into the floor potentially. (laughs) He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) This <laughs> is a guy getting money who's an idiot. But he's closer, right? Isn't no, he? he's not closer to anything. The propeller thing is new. It's not, it's he's fucking twisting around a bunch of feathers. It's still sniffing around. It's not trying to make it a flappy winged bird. It's fucking the same thing. It, it's closer to what we use. Okay. Well, what like a helicopter? No, well, planes in general. This I mean, is nothing like, like a. He's no, it's not, French but it's like toy. fundamentally it's closer to what we have now than like our pl- when we go to play and they don't flap their wings. Twisting strands of rubber, which in untwisting turned a little propeller. Yeah. Wheel made of a couple of feathers. L- look, I'm not saying he's done it. <laughs> okay? He's not done it. Okay. He's closer, though. In 1898, based on the success of his models, Langley would receive a War Department grant of 50 thousand and twenty thousand for the smithsonian to develop a piloted airplane i mean that really says a lot when you're like uh he's our best bet well this guy's on it this guy's our best bet look the fucking pin excuse guy. me nobody's been replying to my balloon letters okay this open this door this is the guy i'm talking about please also behind him is a pigeon guy it's not about balloons 
Moo, I was here first. No, he's not a pigeon. He just... <laughs> I'm kind of freaked out the by story, the pigeon, the man. The has gone off the rails. <laughs> the New York Times then reported that there were no airship patents from California now pending before the patent office. <laughs> okay. On January 10th, 1897, General H.H. H. Hart said that two of the three airships built by his client were now Why in Why wouldn't Cuba. he just go H.H.H.? That's a good question. Triple H? But it's W. It's, technically, it's W.H.H. Hart. Oh. It's more. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just go H. Triple H. So, and, and he's just our resident. So the airships, two of them are in Cuba, ready for uh, dropping, you know, boom booms. Uh, our, wait. We're going to drop bombs on. We're uh, going to drop bombs on Cuba with our flying gonna, machines. Yeah. Well, we're it, soon we'll go to war with Spain, so. Right. That'll be exciting. He said any day now he expected to hear of an aerial attack on Spanish forces in Havana. But there were no there was no airship attack on Cuba, as we know from our historical records. <laughs> then in February, an airship was seen over Hastings, Nebraska. Okay. So they're back and now they're in the middle of the country. From Cuba, I guess, is where they went, right? I don't even I mean I don't I, think so. And in April, there was flying over Kansas. For whatever reason, those reports were not getting much attention. Then it was uh, being seen all over the Midwest, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Wisconsin, Arkansas, Louisiana, North Texas. So what, I mean... Among those who reported seeing the lights in Chicago were Max Christensen, Joseph Starcevic, and L. Wickert, a clerk in Keats Drugstore. Well, these are some big names. Thank you. These are gets. This is it. A-list. Now we're on to something. Now I'm buying it. It passed over Chicago and headed eastward. It had a strange green light, which was seen by thousands of people. Okay. That same light in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Sorry, that same night in Lake Mills, Wisconsin, it was seen by many people. Okay. It was visible about 10 minutes and then disappeared behind some trees. I mean, what is that? What? They're, you guys have big trees up there. Oh, yeah. You're you tree people. There's a lot of trees. At Wausau, Wisconsin. Wausau. Wausau? Yeah. At Wausau, Wisconsin, about 50 people saw an airship. It had lights and was shaped like an egg. Mork? That's where we're going. It's Mork, isn't it? Yeah. I knew it. (laughs) Finally, something I know about. This is the story of Mork. (laughs) And his leader, Orson. Uh, On April 13th, it was reported thousands of people in Chicago were watching the skies every night. And then an estimated 10,000 people saw a moving white light. That shimmered as it raced across the sky. Jesus? That is Jesus Is it Jesus? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He figured out how to fly. Like an egg. He's in an egg. Jesus came as an egg, and then he burst forth and flew over Chicago. I've got an idea for Easter. Get out of here. Get baited. On April 10th, 1897, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch published a story that a W.H. Hopkins came across a grounded airship about 20 feet in length near Springfield, Missouri. Okay. You ready? I'm dying. It had three large propellers and was crewed by a beautiful nude woman and a bearded man also nude. Oh, uh, okay. Hopkins We needed to drop weight. <laughs> we took on too much weight. Hopkins tried to talk to them asking Did the first people to fly make the Mile High Club? Yeah. <laughs> Hopkins asked tried to talk to them asking where they came from. They finally both attempted with some difficulty to communicate, both pointed to the sky and, quote, uttered something that sounded like the word Mars. Oh, my God. So that that seems pretty spot on. These are Martians. Yeah, nude Martians. Yeah. Sure. Why would they need clothes? They're from... And they're human-looking? Well, she had nice ones. And he had a beard. Yep. Okay. In Farmersville, Texas, City Marshal Brown was making his rounds when the airship passed over him about 200 feet up. Kill it. Mr. Brown could see two men in the spaceship and what what looked like a large Newfoundland dog. Oh, Dave. (laughs) Dave. Air Bud? He was close enough to hear them talking. Are they just not investigating anybody who's... There's just no consistency. Uh, Look, I'm all for Martian dog people. And for nudists from Mars. What about... And for the Werblers. Okay, Warbler. But 
how is there no this could all be this could just be different groups it could be like a like a mad 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 race across space uh, that's your uh, a cannonball, cannonball run through run. the skies talking about cannonball run hey, well we're going to get this fir- we're going to get there first as long as this dog doesn't mess it up he was close enough to hear them talking but cannot understand their language the dog language I don't know what she's saying. I think there's trouble near the well. <laughs> no, you idiot. Meanwhile, the New York Times began making fun of the entire thing. Quote, that airship is visible nightly to correspondents in all parts of Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, and Iowa. An aerial voyager evidently is a mastermind of high development for it exists in a dozen places at once and has a different appearance at each one. If the airship persists, it will run itself. It will run into itself and suffer serious injuries. And people probably read that and were like, oh, my God, oh, we're going to lose our sky dogs. She's going to crash into our naked peoples. Oh, no. Come on, thin men, save us. Still, the sightings went on. The Daily Herald... April 16th, 1897, quote, Dallas, Texas. Dallas tonight is wavering between science and revelations over the airship. Okay. It passed north of the city tonight at 8 o'clock and, and was witnessed by hundreds, including such men as Judge A.T. Watts and Dr. R.C. Kopish, who describe it as being only about 200 feet from the ground and similar to the airship seen in different parts of the country. The, my favorite thing about this story is, is that apparently... In the uh, just before the 1900s, the way to prove something is true is to say a judge or a doctor saw it. <laughs> there is a Bigfoot, and we know it because the judge saw it. Uh, he is a learned man. He's guilty of existing. <laughs> I sentence him to a life in the forest. <laughs> then on that was a Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Then on April 17, 1897, tragedy. Oh, no. A newspaper reported that at 6 a.m., the citizens of Aurora watched as the airship appeared and then flew rather slowly over the town. Then it started going down. Okay. And it collided with, quote, the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill and went into pieces with a terrific explosion, scattering debris over several... Acres of ground, wrecking the windmill and water tank, and destroying the judge's flower garden. Oh, boy. The pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one aboard. The dog? And while his remains were badly disfigured, enough has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world. He's a chicken man, isn't he? So there you go. A historical marker at the Aurora Cemetery reads... This site is also well known because of the legend that a spaceship crashed nearby in 1897 and the pilot killed in the crash is buried here. What did he look like? What, was, what, what did we have? Not an inhabitant of this world. What did we have? Like a big skull? What we got? Long fingers? Spaghetti legs? Not an inhabitant of this world. What did he look like? Could have been an Spine spikes? Newfoundland dog. Knees on his elbows? Elbows on his knees? Then, Two mouths? Then. No nose? Right after 30 then, years? In April, the airship sh- stories just slowly faded away. And good, good. Well, closure. And that was the end of it. Perfect. Many believe the uh, airships were the first mass UFO sightings in U.S. history. Arthur Allen Danalek uh, wrote a book in 2009 that made the case that they were built by an unknown person and funded by a wealthy investor. Everything was kept secret in case of failure. It was a prototype passenger carrying airship. He explains using the technology of the time, how they would have been built. He believes the inventor was making short test flights from west to east. He also states the flights ended abruptly in April because it crashed. They also could have been government experiments and the airships were deemed unusable, or spacemen, specifically a nude guy and his dog. Dog Martians. Traveling around the country looking for beer. Listen, I am definitely on board for our Martians being naked bearded dudes with dogs. Yeah. That's the point. We come bringing you chillness. Hey, what's up, bro? You know what planet I'm from? (laughs) Ow! We require two things. Water for my crew and some dank-ass nugs. Tequila, bro. Come on. 
Uh, we we from planet Cinco de Mayo. We come to planets looking for parties and tequila. What uh, is up? We bring you limbo sticks and lays. Have you heard of Dave Matthews? Give them some of our punch. He's in a band. We bring you Dave Matthews. What the hell is this? Shut up, Dave. Play. Um, so it, I would. Lo- I wish my buddy Steve Berg had heard this because I guarantee you, the second you said that, he would just be like, "It's obviously Martians." Oh, is he? A, is he a Martian? Guy? Oh no! Every. I mean, you could. Yeah, you literally will just be like, "What? What's that?" And he's like, "Well, honestly, it's a tear Mar- in the fabric of time." It's. And you're like, "Oh God." He's like, I don't want to blow your mind. Well, I mean, there's obviously something happened. No one but, knows. That one did that thing, something crashed. It's hard to know, though, right? Isn't it hard to know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you like, don't know. It could be fucking UFOs. I don't know if there's UFOs. I do. I do. What do you think? Let's get into that first. I second. think I think that that that. Probably a, the government or someone was, was experimenting with some sort of. Flight. Do you believe in UFOs? No, because I think if UFOs came here, they would, uh, much like as we have read in our history on the dollop, when we come to places we rule, we destroy everything. Right. That's what they would do here. They'd be like, we're going to take all your so, shit. Well, okay, not and, UFOs. And you're fucked. So, so, yeah, we, we would be amazing. We'd be, yeah, we'd be like, we've got you Fritos and lemonade. And they'd be like, you are gross and don't deserve Earth. Um, but do you, do you believe in life on other planets and stuff? Yeah, I don't know if it... it, it yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's been life on other planets, right. but who knows how long. I'm starting to get the feeling that, that intelligent life on planets doesn't last that long. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that is all based on Twitter. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we're going to last forever. Yeah, bro. Well, it doesn't really matter like how we sustain our existence. What matters is when does the next season of The Voice start? Look. We're so at the very beginning of the movie Wally. Yeah, well, that it. it I mean, it has a good ending. I was. I, I think I might have said this before. I was watching Wally on a plane, and I was flying first class, and they give you those little t. It's like they, like the TVs that you. I mean, this was probably like eight years ago or something. But they they it wasn't. They didn't have the TV in the seat. They'd almost give you an apparatus where you could like watch your little box TV. And so I'm in a reclined yeah. seat in first class. And I got my food, and so I have my food like right next to me, and I'm like kind of wolfing food down, and I have a TV on my stomach, and I'm watching Wally. <laughs> and then they go to the scene where it's just the fat people on the ship whizzing around in reclined chairs, eating lots of bullshit, watching the monitors in front of them. And I was like, hey. <laughs> oh no, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, cool. Well, let's not. I mean, you know, the, the, great. All right. So, so, so you know, sometimes there's no closure in these. I understand that. I wanted to do this one for a long time, and well, I wanted to even, find out what there, it was. But you never, no one's ever going to know. There what it are was. even my uh, uh, to my my buddy Steve. What he would there there are like references to you know things in the sky in the Bible and writings around that time. You know, there's like. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are. I mean, who knows? There could be fucking. I, you just don't. Know. I think there. Well, to me, I think like if you look at an. I mean, just from you know. I think if you look at the odds, I'm like, how, you know, how is there not? I mean, there has to be. Like, we're finding, like, new Earths. Like, we are. And we're not the most intelligent being in the galaxy, for sure. Oh, no. But we're, like, finding, like, other climates that we're, like, on planets where we're like, hey, we could. I mean, if we could, you know, move well, let's all go our ruin shit. that one. Does you have yet? Yeah, I mean, that, that is what's amazing, too. You would think in the world that we live in. <laughs> That the one thing we would maintain is funding for space programs and space travel. Oh, yeah. Outside of everything else, yeah. that we would be like, you know, we would cut some war budgets or whatever because we're like, look, we have overpartied at this apartment and we're talking, we're not going to get our security deposit back. Yeah, we're but, just looking to straight up yeah, move. Yeah, but then it just, we wouldn't move. We'd just be a bunch of rich people getting on a ship. Well, that's the thing. And, that's why and then it'll, poor people eat each other. That's why what I'm probably even saying as a plan is probably already the plan. They're already going like, yeah, we'll make the move to second earth. Earth. And we're like, when are we going to talk about moving? And they're like, oh, we don't need to move. No, 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 we don't need to move. Are you at saying all. we just wake up one day and we're like, hey, where'd all the rich people? They're going to ghost us. Where'd all the rich? They people are going go? to ghost us. We are going to wake up one day to a dear John, <laughs> and they're just going to be gone. 
And we'll just be like, who's our president? And they'll be like, Trump. Ah, figure it out. Trump. It's just Trump. Yeah, Trump's like, the only guy they left. Uh, for some reason, I was uh, left off of the space mission. So if anyone's listening up there, I'm ready. I've got a briefcase full of gold and stakes. So if you guys could beam me up however we're doing it. I don't know why they'd forget one of the greatest minds. I don't even see them, which is shocking. They're not even there anymore as far as I can see. Oh, fuck. All, All right. right. Well, we tried. We signed spaceships. We signed spaceships. Wrong one. I'll turn, I'm going to turn off the recording device. This set of my computer. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army. To join me for, I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.